Thanks for listening to Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. It has been said that history is really His story, the story of God showing His grace and mercy to the people He has created. That grace and mercy is on clear display in the Gospels as we see our Jesus living and dying for the sins of the world. But His story continues. The story of the early Christian church is his story as well. We are glad that you have chosen to read that story with us, as together we read chapter by chapter through the book of Acts. We'll review the stories of God's grace and mercy on his infant church, and celebrate that same grace and mercy that we know and experience today. We are glad to have you studying and growing with us. Here's the next episode of our podcast and the discussion of the next chapter of the book of Acts. Greetings, podcast listeners. Good morning, noontime, afternoon, evening. (laughs) We hope you're having a good period of the day in which you are listening to this podcast. I'm Pastor Brian Hockman, one of the pastors here at Grace, and... My friend and colleague is uh, joining us again. I'm glad to introduce you to Pastor Aaron Strong. Hey, good day, everyone. Glad to have you here. I'm glad we're continuing from the last episode, <laughs> this, this greeting of, of whatever time of day it is that you're here. <laughs> we are glad that you are listening today at we're, whatever period and point in your day it is. <laughs> the really tricky one is the noon services where we start greeting at five minutes to noon and finish greeting at five minutes after noon. <laughs> and you have to be on, and there's no clock in the narthex. Right. So you really have to. So the appropriate greeting at that time is good noon time. Good noon. <laughs> for for one second, that is the appropriate greeting. <laughs> good noon time, good though, noon I think time gives you does, a little leeway. does stretch right? it. You're going to give yourself five minutes in either direction on noon time. There you go. <laughs> Good daytime, nighttime, time time to you all. Well, it is close to noontime when we're recording this, and uh, I'm starting to realize I'm starting to get a little hungry. Yeah. So this, epi- we... this episode might be quick. So should, I was going to say, <laughs> should we eat while we talk? Should we... Go grab my lunch. Should we pause? <laughs> should we just talk fast? Are we done? Don't answer that question, please. <laughs> We'll talk at a regular pace. Maybe you are enjoying a nice snack or, or meal as you're listening to this that podcast. That is the injustice of podcasting, right? right? That our listeners can eat while they listen, and we're not allowed to eat while we... So if, if you're eating while you're listening to this podcast, maybe shoot us a line. Tell us what you're enjoying. <laughs> you know, a nice sandwich or a bowl of cereal or, I don't know, popcorn. I don't know. People, I wonder if people are eating popcorn and just enjoying our We're going to list off the things that people might possibly be eating. <laughs> sure. while they, you can be enjoying so much for a short podcast. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying some cookies and milk, maybe a glass of beer. I don't know. But you know that one of the reasons not only is it is it getting close to noontime uh, and and time for some lunch, maybe. But I also thought that'd be a nice segue into today's topic in chapter ten of Acts. Look at which, you, which is food related. It is. So let's throwing me a curveball. Should we jump into that? Here. Here I thought we were heading. I did not. Here I thought we were heading down a a trail from which there's no return, and you had a plan and a path all along. Absolutely, 
food you Jumping are amazing in the chapter Pastor 10 of acts John. 10 well <laughs> once in a while it works out <laughs> so shall we jump into chapter 10 sure let's do it you've just reminded me that i didn't bring a lunch today Uh oh it's <laughs> so not that's what's gonna be on his, his mind <laughs> i'll go scrounge for some food it'll be fine what do i oh i have a we grilled brats the other night, so we have some leftovers. So we could split a brat if you want. <laughs> I'll be okay. Thank you, though. <laughs> All right. Now Acts chapter 10. Uh, when we left off chapter 9, uh, Peter was in the city of Joppa, and that's where we still find him in chapter 10. But now we're introduced to uh, a gentleman, um, a centurion in the Roman guard named Cornelius, who was just up the coast at the in the city of Caesarea. And uh, the Lord, uh, Cornelius is a, a believer, um, which I think is kind of a unique thing as as a Greek and as a, a Roman soldier. Um, it's interesting that he would he would know God. And, and here we're not told how he came into contact with him, but he is a believer. And the Lord appears to him, an angel appears to him, an angel of God, and calls out to him and says, you need to send for this guy named Simon Peter. Um, bring him here doesn't really tell him much more than Peter's got a message for you. You know, we sometimes skim right past Centurion because we're so used to the gospel accounts and now here again in, in Acts. Uh, but maybe it's worth just talking about what that actually was. Sure. The Centurion was a, a commander, essentially, who would have a um, 100 soldiers or more um, that were at his command. So this was someone who was trustworthy, a person who'd have some means um, a person who was was uh, someone who had leadership capabilities and then was being asked to put those leadership capabilities into practice um, by commanding those soldiers that are in his care. So um, uh, with good intention that that particular rank and, and word is used to describe this man and then the, um, the centurion that we meet in the Gospels yeah. as well. Um, this is... This is a significant thing because of the prominence that this person has because of um, their allegiance. Like you had mentioned, this, this guy was not would not have been a, um, a Jewish person, but rather a Gentile. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely an influential, influential guy. So um, definitely a, a pretty huge moment here. So he gets this vision and he sends some of his servants to the city of Joppa to to bring back Peter to him. And next we find out that as they are on their way the next day, uh, Peter actually has a vision from God and it's kind of a unique vision. Uh, in this vision, this sheet that is filled with all kinds of four footed animals and reptiles and birds comes down from the sky and is set before Peter. And the voice of God says, Peter, take and eat this, right. this, this animals. And why are those animals significant Well, in the sheet? Yeah, Peter says, I can't, Lord, because these are impure animals. All right? We're not supposed to eat these. So according to the Old Testament laws and customs that God had given the people of Israel, there were certain animals that they weren't allowed to eat. Um, and I, I'm not going to be able to rattle off the whole list, but um, things like pigs, you, you were not allowed to eat. So I'm, I'm imagining that there was a little bacon, maybe some pork chops or something like that on that sheet. Um, other such animals like bacon uh, wrapped lobster tail, bacon mm. wrapped lobster tail, all these, mm. yeah, shellfish would have been unclean. Selfish, shellfish, yeah, absolutely. So Anything all these things with a split hoof that chews the cud, chews the cud, right. <laughs> See, I was paying attention in fifth you, grade. You definitely got it. 
<laughs> so all these animals are coming down and God says, eat them. And Peter says, well, I can't eat them. And God says, don't call impure. This is a trick. Right? <laughs> Anything that God has made clean. Um, so it's kind of this watershed moment in the life of Peter. You know, this idea of Christ came and fulfilled all of the requirements that God had set before the people and did it perfectly. And, and no longer are we, um, are we bound by those things. We're set free. And and this is a, a pretty big moment for Peter. And, and so big that this doesn't just happen once, but I believe it happens three times that this sheet comes down. God says, eat, because um, I've made them clean. And um, Peter, like, forgetful or? Well, not just think about how many times your wife has to tell you to do something, right? Because you, as... I do most things right away. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Sorry, Trisha, we got your back. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, God just is reinforcing this idea in Peter's mind, though. This is this is reality. Um, and I think it was really setting the stage for what's what's coming up, not just of, of being set free to eat those foods now, but also to, um, at one point, the Jewish people would have looked at Gentiles as unclean people. And yeah, who's were... the first person that Peter sees this vision and then get sent to interact with right gentile because as this vision is wrapping up knock 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 on the door here comes the centurion cornelius's servants who are coming to find peter and uh and and peter is told by god go with these men and he does he goes to the house of a gentile uh which would have been and and as we see later on um other believers are like peter what are you doing why are you hanging out at the house of a Gentile? Why are you sharing the gospel with them? Why are you uh, even baptizing them? You shouldn't be doing this stuff. Um, God was opening Peter's eyes to realize, no, the gospel message, uh, Jesus came for them too. Right. And that's just an interesting tidbit because, yes, in the Old Testament, God's main plan of salvation was the chosen people of Israel. and um, But he never says exclusively um, he right. sends Jonah to the Ninevites, and um, in a light, um, Isaiah talks about the gospel going to the corners of the earth. Um, so there are certainly um, examples where the the gospel was for Gentiles too, even in the Old Testament. Right. Just that God's primary plan was that His people would be a magnet, and that mm -hmm. people would be drawn to the gospel. You can see that shifting um, in the Great Commission as he says, now you're going to go out into Gentile lands with the gospel. Um, but this idea that you better not touch the Gentiles, you better not associate with them, the gospel's not for them, that's a, a bias that they developed. That's a sinful, uh, misguided conception and worldview that they had um, that God is now here going to call out and and help them to break. Um, and that's not an easy thing no, because they sure. continue to have those biases. Um, Peter himself, even later on, um, we get the account of how he is spending time with Gentile believers until the Jewish believers come around. Then he withdraws from them and is going to hang out primarily. And, and Paul actually has to call him on that. And okay. you're acting differently around different groups. You're showing favoritism or whether it's his lack of understanding or his fear of repercussions from from the Jewish believers who don't understand yet. But, but here you have God um, abolishing these food requirements and, and giving all things as clean to eat. 
but then also breaking free of that that bias of the gentiles aren't are themselves are unclean there's a couple of cool things that jump out at me about this account um first in verse 25 no 24 um when peter comes to cornelius's house he, he we're told that he called cornelius called together his relatives and close friends which i think is just a really cool thing and, and i think it's something that applies to us too when we um know jesus and are excited about the gospel we want others especially those close to us to know that and so our relatives and our close friends, the people that are nearest and dearest to us, we want to have the same joy as us, the same certainty of salvation, um, the same joy of, of sharing eternal life together. And and so who are our close friends or our relatives that we can be inviting to gather around the gospel like Cornelius did here too. So yeah. I think that's kind of a cool He's thing. He's gathering a friend network. Absolutely. Friends, relatives, and neighbors getting them together to to hear meet Peter and to to hear the gospel. Um, earlier, it, it strikes me that earlier on in the chapter, we're told how he formed some of these relationships, that he is a God-fearing man, devout, and that he regularly makes practice of helping the poor. Um, so he's generous and people, people know it. So he's a, a man who had some means and was blessed by God. And he used those blessings to help those around him with their, physical needs and and i don't think it's too much of a stretch to to assume that he was also then sharing his faith with with those people we see it in in action here uh god's doing something that he identifies right away this is unique and special and um i'm not going to keep this to myself i want others to see it and know it and, and benefit from it too so once he, he gets there, um, Cornelius kind of recounts the vision that he had from the angel to Peter. And all of a sudden, like, I think the light bulb goes on in Peter's head and he's like, oh, so this vision from God with these, the the sheets full of animals, unclean animals that he has made clean. Now all of a sudden makes sense because now I, I, I cor- Peter correlates this with, with the people that he's there, these Gentile people like, oh, God made these unclean or these people who we consider to be unclean to be clean and share the gospel too. And, and so I love verse 34. He says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And and I think that's a powerful statement about the the oneness that we are in, in Christ. That God is not a God of only one race or one people or one nation, um, but a God of all people and, and sent a, a savior in Christ to truly take away the sins of the of the world. And, and Peter's getting this now, and I think important for us to consider, too, that every person we see, regardless of background or race or language or nationality, are all people uh, that are loved by God and yeah. people that God wants to, to smile down on with his grace. He calls Jesus Christ the Lord of all. He's the master of all people, no matter whether Jew or Gentile, male, female, slave or free. He, Jesus Christ is for everyone and that is a great thing because that's a category that we fall into we, that tells us that jesus is our master and lord but that also impacts and motivates our our ministry and and attempts at at gospel ministry as well that we are um a gospel proclamation i should say that this is a message that everyone needs to hear the world needs to hear it and so we can seek to share it with anyone who's willing to listen 
So Peter shares a, a wonderful gospel message here and talking about how they are witnesses of Jesus and all that he has done in his death and resurrection and the proclaiming of that, that message that all who believe receive forgiveness of sins through his name. And I think that's just a, man, it's a paragraph, but it's, it's a sermon that is um, powerful and the Holy Spirit worked through it and brought many people to faith. You can just see it happens several times that um, we get a chance to see these snippets of the story being retold. It's told by Stephen, and it's told um, it's told here again. We're witnesses. You, the Jews, killed Jesus. God raised him from the dead. It was all a part of the plan. We have life and salvation in His name. Um, that's a good thing for you, you who are listening to this. Um, just another another way that that God inspires Luke to to share that story and to recount the the Bible history account of of how the risen Christ is the fulfillment of the entire plan of salvation um, that word witnesses Jesus tells the disciples you will be my witnesses and now they're embracing that we are Peter saying we are witnesses of yeah. this we've seen it and now we're sharing it um, and that can be the role that we embrace as well, that uh, God through the miracle of faith and, and through the power of, of his holy word has opened our eyes to see him for who he is, has enabled us to be witnesses. And now, um, by his grace and through his power, we can proclaim, we can proclaim that this Jesus who died, he lives again, um, and he reigns on high for us and and he dwells on earth with us so that we can um, have his presence and and have the comfort of of sins forgiven through his life death and resurrection it's it's interesting you have witnesses who came along with peter and they were astonished um that the holy spirit came upon the gentiles and i think you know you almost have like a, a gentile pentecost here so earlier in the book of Acts, chapter 2, we have the Pentecost in which God sent the Holy Spirit upon the disciples in Jerusalem as, as they were equipped to spread the gospel. And now here, um, to confirm that, that God was working in the hearts of now these Gentiles, the Holy Spirit came on them. And what do they do? We're told that they were heard speaking in tongues and praising God. So I don't know. It's almost like another, little, another Pentecost, but maybe the Gentile Pentecost. Maybe we need to put that festival in our church here somewhere, the Gentile Pentecost. But um, it's just unique because God here is really confirming too that yeah, his message in the gospel is for the Gentiles even too. And here I'm equipping them with the special gift of the Holy Spirit to praise and proclaim and preach the gospel um, much like the disciples were at the at the onset of everything too so just a lot of really special things happening here that really just show the reality of of the gospel in the Christian church right and you can see how that all ties in the church is continuing to grow God's got some aha moments for some of these leaders like Peter who are now learning we can have whatever food. There's nothing unclean. The gospel is for everyone. And now to see the Holy Spirit poured out. Um, can you imagine, put yourself in Peter's shoes for a second there. And now he's hearing this speaking in tongues. That, that This gift of being able to speak in a language that they hadn't learned. Um, 
months ago, he was the one in the front doing right. this and the spirit was manifesting himself through Peter in that way. And now to see a Gentile uh, receiving the same Holy Spirit and exhibiting the same gifts as a result and as confirmation, um, that must have been a powerful thing for him to see. Uh, you got this Cornelius event and now you've got the Gentiles who are who are receiving the, the gift of the Holy Spirit in the same way that they had. And um, you can see how God's piecing the, the pieces of the puzzle together for Peter to, to not just be able to articulate and say Jesus is Lord of all, but now to see and witness and observe right. um, that gospel working in Jew and Gentile alike. Certainly formative for Peter and, and going to be an impactful thing for, for his ministry. And, and as he himself personally um, goes into Gentile lands to proclaim the gospel. And then as he witnesses other disciples, his colleagues, as he um, meets Saul, Paul and, and watches him as a proclaimer of the gospel to the Gentiles. Um, you can just see how God is speaking, not just through them, but to them here in chapter 10. Right. And Peter's going to, not to spoil what's coming up in chapter 11, but uh, Peter is going to recount some of those events as uh, as just being important and formative and, and understanding how the gospel is to be proclaimed and, and shared and um, everyone to be welcomed uh, into God's church. Yeah, what he's learned, he's hoping that others will be able to learn and grow from as well Yeah, so that the gospel can continue to be spread so that Jew and Gentile alike um, can receive faith and and uh, rejoice in what that faith means for them, the, the gracious gift that heaven everlasting is theirs. Just like that faith has been given to us, it gives us the same confidence to, to recognize that uh, we are redeemed children of God and heaven is ours. Um, what a joy to be able to say. This is most certainly true. Thanks for listening. We'd love to share more about God's love with you. Check us out at www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, our pastor's contact info, and a lot of information about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.